Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole. I am here today with my friend Kim DeLuca. Say hi, Kim. Hi, everyone. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about tradition. That's our topic. Um, And the reason I asked Kim on... Well, there's two reasons, really, to ask Kim for this particular topic. Uh, The first reason being... Um, I think that you and I are typically, uh, we, we kind of grew up somewhat traditional and, and I think we valued tradition for a, a, a while into our adulthood. And I think that in the last 10 years or so, we've both kind of shed a lot of that. Is that fair to say? That's correct. Okay. And then the second reason is that one of the traditions that I think that I, one of the traditions I, I've practiced pretty strongly the last almost 15 years has been uh our tradition of going to the best picture showcase so i thought it fit both ways for us to have this discussion it does so um as far as 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 you know tradition another thing that that i find that i think we should maybe start off with is uh i'm a parent and you're about to be a parent in what two weeks? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, tradi- you know, tradition is something that I think we both got from our parents. And as as people who aren't that traditional anymore, how are we, you know, dealing with that going forward into parenting? Um, do you do you know what you're planning on with with the baby? Yes, yeah, so I, th- I think there's some traditions that I'm going to keep, um, especially around like holidays and things like that, that I like. Um, there's also some traditions that I'm going to break uh, that I think is something that um, that a lot of people in my family <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't think of of doing. And I think one of the biggest traditions I would say as a Roman Catholic is that I won't be baptizing my, my child. Um, so that's one, one of the things. If they grow up, they decide to be religious, they decide they want to go that route, then I will support them in anything they want to do. But when it comes to me doing that for them, that's something that I'm not going – that's not a tradition I'm going to keep. I'm not going to keep that tradition. I'm not going to keep the tradition in my family of going to church every week and being very religious. I think that's one of the major breaks that I'm going – to to do when it comes to my child that's that's actually an that's awesome um like jumping off point because i hadn't thought of that um specifically but i we didn't baptize logan um when he was born so my niece is three months younger than logan and when he was born people were asking about when she would be baptized and i don't remember anybody asking if or when Logan would be baptized. And um, I do remember having conversations with Sarah about it, saying, like, is it just easier to get get um, him baptized so that we don't have to hear about it? And then, and ev- eventually, because Sarah's not Catholic, um, she she was kind of like, well, you don't, be- you know, you don't believe in that specifically. At, you know, at that point, I wasn't an atheist, but... Um, she said, you know, you don't believe in that specifically, so why would we do that just to appease people that, you know, that's not really the way that you 
do anything else. And so we decided not to, but it, we are also in the same boat of if, if he becomes religious, which as of right now, and he's only six, he, he's pretty proud to tell me how, um, he, you know, he knows Jesus is, is the son of God. So he is religious to whatever extent you can be at six years old. Yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, I didn't even think to ask you about baptizing, but that's 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 a good way of approaching it, I think. Especially, I mean, is is Neil was Neil raised Catholic? Yes, he was. He okay. was he was raised Catholic, and I think one of the big things that uh, we might get a push of people like asking us to to do it, or if we're going to do it, is because his grandfather is a deacon, mm-hmm. and at one point some. Neil had said to me, well, we could do it just for my grandfather because that's like, he would, he would love to be there and do it. And I'm like, I just couldn't do that just for the sake of uh, a person versus my beliefs. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting when you get those types of things. And my sister has two kids and she hasn't baptized either of them. Um, what I've been told is because she can't come up with godparents and then COVID happened. And so people weren't really going in right. to churches and gathering and things like that. So that's when she had her children. There's not really those types of reasonings behind it anymore um, that you can utilize. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody in my family actually says anything to me or if we just go along our merry way and, yeah. No one no one even mentions it. To be fair though, getting baptized in COVID would have been the coolest cuz they had to do it by squirt gun. So that, <laughs> then you get the pictures, you show the pictures to your kid when they're older and you say this is how you were baptized. But um on on my in my family, so my my side's Catholic and we have I don't think we've had anybody actually say anything to us cuz I think that they just don't want to they they just I think know that I'm not I don't I never felt Catholic since Logan's been born at least and on Sarah's side nobody's Catholic and obviously now that I'm living down in the South most people aren't Catholic and baptism at such a young age is a much more Catholic thing than I think it is outside in other other versions of Christianity I know that they do. Uh, I guess I guess we do christenings and they do baptisms. I don't remember the difference. So like I've seen babies, you know, uh, what do they call it? Uh, dedication or whatever ceremony for babies, but they, it's not the same process. Like baptized in a lot of other Christianity is more closer to like confirmation for Catholics. Yeah. So like nobody that I've talked to has, you know, outside of my own family would have thought that it was weird because they're not Catholic. So, you know, that's been kind of nice. Um, as far as, as, you know, you said you're not going to be going to church at all. So, or you're not going to be taking them to church at all when they're a little kid. Um, we have not taken Logan to church, but I mean, part of it is, is that I don't like going to church. Like even if it's not even, you know, it's, Ultimately, when he gets, if he had ever, if he's, if he ever asks to go, I'll take him. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I am just like, 
I was bored as a kid. Even when I believed all of it, I was bored. Um, I definitely don't want to go now. And, and I like having Sundays. I like the fact that on, you know, one of the nice things about not doing a lot of these specific traditions is that you get free time when everybody else is doing the stuff. Like if I could get away with not celebrating Christmas, I absolutely would (laughs) like, not because I don't like Christmas, but just like, why does it have to be that day? You know, then, you know, as it is, we're going away for new years this year and I was really pushing to get it for Christmas because because we're because Logan will be out of school, and I'm I I get, keep getting fought on that tradition, and I'm like, well, why are we you know, all the things that we kind of grew up with traditionally as Christmas have kind of fall you know when you get married you have to pick a side you know and you have to pick a yeah. way of doing it or you alternate and you know so it becomes. It becomes like fairly non-traditional in that way, but you know, it's like when my mom used to say, uh, "It just doesn't feel like Christmas without snow." And I always thought that I mean that was never like the snow <laughs> thing's new, but it it to me it always Christmas is the the traditional. It's the time of year where I think of tradition most, and it's the yeah. thing that I, you know, I would so enjoy doing anything else, you know, other <laughs> yeah, than the I- tradition. I'm with you on that. Like, that's a big traditional thing for my family as well. And to be honest, like, because I have two sisters, one of them's married with two children and one of them's not married. And it comes to the fact that now that I'm having a child, we're really going to be doing like every other year where on Christmas, one family gets it's either the in-laws or it's my family, my parents. Yeah. Um, and so it's a big adjustment, not necessarily for me and my siblings. I think we're fine with it. It's more of a big adjustment for my mother. Yeah. Uh, she's the one who just is not able to deal with the fact that, you know, she's not going to see her, her kids when she wants to, which in her brain is December 25th. Yeah. In my family, we had, um, we didn't have that big of an issue with the adjusting when, when I got married because my mom's generation had that problem. So when I was, you know, when I was born, I was my mom's, I was the only grandkid on my mom's side. And then Sam was the second. And then we, it was, I was nine years old before we had another kid. And so we had Christmas on Christmas Eve at my with my entire mom's side of the family every year. And then when my aunts and uncles started getting married and having kids, then it started getting split. And so that was, you know, I was 10, 11 years old. And then that's been going on now for the last 25 years plus. So we didn't have to face that same issue. Yeah, but it's interesting because on my mom's side of the family and she's the one who's like the believer of like, it has to be on Christmas. Like if my kids aren't here on Christmas, like it doesn't, just doesn't feel the same. However, with her siblings, they stopped doing Christmas on Christmas a long time ago. It was, we we'd pick a weekend around Christmas and we would all get together. Um, and before my, my grandparents died, it would be at their house. And then when, 
they they passed away, it would be at somebody else's house. And sometimes we still see each other around Christmas. Sometimes it's around Thanksgiving or it's at, at a different point. So it's just it's just interesting to me how some people can just grab a hold of a certain tradition and yeah. pass this way when in her own family it wasn't. So it's going to be definitely a difficult year uh, when when she learns that uh, – this is not her year to have the the baby. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we'll be we'll be down here uh, because Neil's mother. It's her first time being a grandparent on Christmas, so we yeah. decided that would be the easiest way to start. And so this is an in law year, and then next year will be a it be my family year, yeah. and then we'll go back and forth, which isn't a huge issue. I had, at least I don't think so, but I know for some. Like my mom, it'll be an adjustment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your your mother in law is lives fairly close to you, right? Yeah, she's she's only about uh, forty minutes away. Okay, so that I mean, with a it'll be a, what the baby will be four months, three months, something like that. Yeah, that a forty minute drive is going to be significantly smoother than either a seven hour drive or a hour and a half, two hour flight. So that just logistically, I feel like the first year that makes perfect sense, even without the, you know, first time grandparent stuff in there too. But, and that's how I always think about stuff. And it drives Sarah crazy a little bit when I'm thinking about the logistics of things. Cause I, you know, we're luckily she doesn't care if I do it to my family. Like, so my, my parents, so my, my grandfather's Christmas party now is the, typically the Saturday or Sunday before Christmas. And since Christmas this year is on a Saturday, it'll be the 19th or whatever. And so she doesn't care when I blow that off. But when I'm like, well, do we have to do Christmas? Like, you know, in, in Massachusetts, you know, now, now it's not as big a deal because her, her sister comes down, but it, you know, for a little while, like every year I'm like, what if we do this instead? And it's just like, no, this is Christmas. This is what we do. So I got, I got a little bit of wiggle room on new year's, I guess. So, (laughs) um, one thing I wanted, uh, I, I've been wanting to talk about with, with, um, the idea of tradition. So when you and I started doing the best picture showcase and for everybody that's listening, that doesn't know what that is every year before the Oscars, AMC theaters does a, showcase of all the movies nominated for best picture the first few years that we did it it was five movies so it was all in one day in the last 10 years or so it's been split over two days because it's eight to ten or eight to twelve movies but when we started doing that that was the first that was really it's the only tradition that i think that's stuck that i've created that i've been started you know as an adult um Everything else, you know, was grandfathered in from probably before I was born. And one one thing that drives me a little crazy about traditions is when people want to start a tradition. Like, because I think that's, it drives me a little crazy. Maybe this is just the English major in me. But the idea that, like, it's not, you can't start a tradition. You start and then it becomes a tradition. And, like, when you and I started with the Best Picture Showcase, we never 
discussed it until like probably the second or third year. Like, like I think the second year is like, you want to do that again? Sure. And then by the third year, it was a tradition. And so when I hear like first annual, every time I hear first annual, it drives me nuts. (laughs) Anytime someone goes, oh, we're starting a tradition where we do this. It's like, we're trying a thing. We're trying a thing. And if it sticks, it will be a tradition. You know, I, maybe that's just a weird thing about me, but I, I find it a little, I don't want to say insulting. I just want to say like, it drives me up a wall. <laughs> no, I completely, I completely understand it. It's one of those things where it's like, you can't just like force a, force it upon somebody. You can try, but I find a lot of times those, when you are like, we're starting a tra- tradition, we're having Friendsgiving say, mm-hmm. it never sticks. It's like, it's a forced thing where you're finally like, okay, we, I guess we have to do it again because this was the first and yeah. it worked, I guess it worked out or it didn't work out. And now what are we supposed to do? Uh, no, but I'm totally <laughs> with you on that. I think it has to be more organic to actually start. Yeah, a, absolutely. A tradition. Yeah, it's it, and I think that between that and just my resistance to being told, the traditions all a lot of times feel like someone's way of convincing you to do something you don't want to do, and so that is like the first half of that where it's like, oh, if we start this thing, then I can get you to do it all the time. So like my sister and my mother who who I don't think listen to this podcast, but if they ever do, I'm saying this with love, but they started a tradition at some point when Sarah and I first started dating where we would go apple picking every year. And I hate apple picking, but every, <laughs> every year we would go. And the tradition, actually, the real tradition that formed was them talking about it with Sarah, scheduling it with Sarah, and then me being being told about it after it was already scheduled. So that's the real tradition. But since I moved down here, the traditions kind of died. That wasn't why I moved down. At least that's what, <laughs> that's what I'll tell them. But, but then the same thing when I was, when, when Sarah and I were planning the wedding and when we were either when she was pregnant or when we were talking about trying something, it, you know, the wedding, well, this is the tradition. You have to do this. The baby, well, you know, you have to do this because that's the, the way you do things. And I, and it, and it drove me, it's driven me crazy the whole way through because it's definitely, it's always seems like it's something that I wouldn't want to do, whether you call it a tradition or not, but the tradition seems like a sneaky way to try to like force you to do stuff that you don't want to do. Yeah. And, and it's interesting how, like when you ha- have a kid or you're having a kid and people are certain people either in your family or in your life are like, oh, are you going to keep this, what you do for, for this or for that? Like, again, it always seems to go back to Christmas for me. Cause I feel like that is like the biggest tradition in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing things is, well, what are you going to do? Is it going to be like the same thing that you've been doing for X amount of years? Like I know for, for my husband, Neil, even if we come in the middle of the day for Christmas where we're, it's an off day for Christmas, it's an off year, we go to his mother's house. She forces him and his grown brother to walk down the, st- the stairs towards the Christmas tree to get the same pictures she did with them as a kid. Yeah. 
<laughs> where it's it's that's tradition and that has to happen because if we don't have this picture then i don't know what's gonna happen yeah 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 are the, you gonna do the same with your kid i have no idea it's gonna be whatever organically grows around the, that type of thing yeah that's true i with with logan with logan there was a lot less of the tradition and i guess more of the like it's the same mentality even though it's not a tradition where it was like well you'll see once you have a kid this is going to change and once you have a kid that's going to change and a lot of it was like me swearing and stuff and i am happy to say that i have not changed if anything i've leaned into it um and and it's it's hilarious because i used to i used to like if i accidentally swore in front of somebody else's kid they would tell me like oh you don't uh, you gotta you gotta get used to not saying that because you're not gonna want to say that when you have a kid and and don't worry, you you don't think so, but it will be different when you have a kid. And I'm six years in, and it has not, it has not slowed down at all. And and I love it when I do it in front of him, in front of friends or whoever has given me crap in the past. And it's just like there's this silent thing of us all acknowledging that I was right, which is my favorite thing in the world. Like when Sarah, anytime Sarah has to say that I was right, I literally tell her it's my favorite words in the English language. Um, I'm surprised Logan hasn't picked up on it yet, but it's, <laughs> I love being right so much. That's my tradition is I love being right. Yep. <laughs> but I, you know, I don't know. They like a lot of the traditions just come down to like. And I guess this is less so traditions that anybody we know started and more just societal traditions. But like the wedding is the thing that drove me the most crazy because every time every time we would come up against something, someone would be like, oh, it's a tradition that anybody who has asked Sarah to be in her wedding, they have to be in your wedding as a bridesmaid. And I was just like, but what if she's been in like 50 weddings and they were like that's the the plot of 27 dresses and i'm like well that doesn't make me want to do it like that's in, i'm indifferent to that point like and ultimately anytime the the wedding tradition stuff came up i would just this was my like thing that would end the conversation every time was well her dad's not giving me land or or cattle so i don't <laughs> ra- really have a, that same skin in the game as far as as far as the traditions did did you have those issues when you were getting married? Um, what? not the second time around. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the second time around, Neil. Well, it's Neil's first or my second time. We just did what we wanted to. We planned our wedding. We paid for it mostly ourselves. Uh, got a little assistance from my parents. Um, but the first time around, it was more of a traditional affair. Uh, and it was, well, it needs to be in a church and it needs to be like this and you need to include this and you need to include that. And at the time I was much more religious than I am today. Um, so the church piece didn't bother me and that type of thing didn't bother me, but it was just mostly like, well, you've got to, you need to incorporate certain things. And because that was being paid for mostly by 
others, you kind of felt like you needed to bow down to those those pressures because it wasn't you who could call the shots. This one was I'm calling the shots. I want what I want. I don't need a a priest. I don't need someone of the clergy. You did. You officiated my wedding. Uh, (laughs) It was. It was awesome, by the way, doing that, because now I have been every part of a wedding except for a bride. I've been a bridesmaid. I've been a a groomsman. What do they call it when you're a best man? I've been obviously been a groom. And after your wedding, I was an efficient officiant. So I just need to be a bride the next time around. And then I'll be I'll have my checklist complete. Yeah, and and I'm and I'm telling you, I like still to this day, I will tell people that for your wedding, I wasn't in it because I was a female, but I was like, I'd still look good in that suit, man. Uh, You could put me in that long line of uh, groomsmen, and I would have I would have cleaned up nicely in that suit. That was actually one of the few things. Like, I if I could go back in time, you would have been one of my groomsmen. Um, that was me being more traditional than I am now and just being like, Oh, I'm just going to have guys and like not thinking really about it. And, you know, I had not been in Sam's wedding on as her man of honor, um, and stuff. So I just hadn't really thought outside the box on that one. And if I could go back in time, cause I don't speak to, I don't speak to one of my groomsmen, and I barely talked to two other groomsmen. I'm trying to, th- I, and I can't remember the whole list in my head. But I would definitely pick you if I could go back in time. Yeah, but that's where like you think of those traditional things, and you think of tradition, yeah. however many years ago, versus tradition now. And how would you do it the same or or different? Or were there the little outside pressures of, well? you're going to look back at those pictures and be like, why did I, you know, have that girl standing there in, yeah. in a suit? Like, that's weird. Or like, or in a dress on my side. And why would I have like, it did, you know, the whole idea of it has to be symmetrical. So yeah. if, if I'm having three people in my wedding party, then he needs to have three people in his wedding party because mm-hmm. it's going to look odd because, it's not, it's not going to be balanced. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's something that we did face the day of the wedding. I don't know how much you remember of this cause it wouldn't have affected you, but the day of my wedding, one of the bridesmaids. So, you know, we, the night before the wedding, the groomsman asked Sarah about wearing sunglasses cause we were outside and we were going to be facing the sun and, and Sarah was totally fine with it. Then we're, we're literally in line to go out to process out or whatever and one of the the two or three of the bridesmaids come over and they're like, Sarah doesn't want you want the the groomsmen wearing the sunglasses. And I was like, she said it was fine. And they were like, well, she's saying that now. And they were like being manipulative. They were lying. And like, I knew it in the moment, but I couldn't go to check with her because again, another tradition, <laughs> you don't see the bride before the wedding or whatever. So I didn't go. And, and I just said, you know, sorry, guys. But uh, I can't really fight this. We're literally like they're playing the music already for us to go outside when this comes up. It was like a sneak attack. 
And one of my favorite things about the, f- the photos from the wedding is that the second we got out onto the, um, not the altar cause it was outside, but like, you know, the, the area where they, we all stand, um, Wes pops on his, his sunglasses and he had the weirdest sunglasses of everybody's. Like he had like round, round, like, uh, perfectly round lenses and, and it looks great, but it also is like a big fuck you to, to like, uh, the idea that like, it's not going to look right in the photos. And I, and it looks great to me. And I like, I, it makes me smile every time I look at the photos and see him with his sunglasses on because they were, you know, cause they, they were trying to control a tradition in the one like moment that I couldn't fight it. And so Wes fought it for me and it was awesome to, to have this, like yeah. this, you know, thing that will be there when I'm 80 in the book, in the books to, to, kind of be like yep we didn't completely lose that fight there's a big push to do a first look and see each other prior to like walking down the aisle and it's interesting because i asked neil what he wanted because it's his first his first time so i didn't want him to I wanted things him to have what he wanted. Uh, so I asked him and he said, no, I want to see you first when you're walking down the aisle. And I said, great. And so we were saying that to our photographer and he was trying to really push this first look on us. And yeah. I was like, but why? Like we said, we wanted it this way. Like it, it, it well, it's better in this way. And uh, it's, it's, it's X, Y, and Z. I'm like, no, but this is what we want. Yeah. Like, why are you trying to push this on us? I was, and that's weird because it's almost the anti-tradition now too, which is is a little bit bizarre. But I was opposed to the first, the idea of the first look for a long time, and now I'm like, well, I don't care. Like, what you know? Ultimately, I I'm glad that I didn't. I liked the way it played out at my wedding, seeing Sarah that way. But, um, but. I was, you know, I thought it was weird that other people were doing it. Now I've kind of like, I don't, you know, what does it, what does it bother me that other people are doing it differently? But I was a little more superstitious yeah, back I, then. And <laughs> it doesn't, it, again, it doesn't matter to, to me at all. Yeah. But when even your photographer is trying to push like. Yeah, that's obnoxious. I would be <laughs> mad. Thing on you. <laughs> I liked, he was fine with it after we were like, no, we're a hundred percent. This is what. Uh, however, it was like, it was a big, big thing where it was like, uh, and that was a big thing that people asked was, yeah. are you doing a first look? No. Yeah. Oh, but why not? Like, it's, it's, it's great. It's just an intimate moment between the two of you. And I said, well, it's not what we want. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the wedding traditions, they're like, there's so many of them and there's some that are just random. Like, I don't know what the idea I guess the idea of the first look is, or the, sorry, the not seeing the bride before is probably back to like arranged marriages or something, which also makes yeah. it its own weird little thing. But I, when we were getting married, um, my cousin sang in the, in the wedding and it was really nice. But when we were getting ready for it, my, one of my cousins texted me and was like, do you have the number for the organist so that we can prepare with them? And I was like, 
we're not going to have an organist. And, and she was like, what do you mean? Doesn't your, doesn't the church have an organist? And I was like, we're not getting married in a church. And this is like three weeks before the wedding. And she texts me back and goes, does your mother know you're not getting married in a church? And I was like, I'm not marrying my mom. That's literally what I said back to her. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand how, like, yes, my mother's aware at this point. She'd been to the venue. And, but it was, it was so funny to me, the idea of like, you're not getting married in a church. Oh my God. And it's like, I don't know. Like, first of all, no offense to church weddings, but they're long they're longer and they're boring. Um, now, you, I think your second wedding was much more entertaining for me. Um, it, yeah. it had a better. It, it was shorter and and um, I the main speaker was really cool and um, and then that uh, that was me. That's what I was talking about. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like Sam's wedding. Did you you went to Sam's wedding, right? Yep, so I did. I I love my sister and my brother-in-law, but I if I never have to do another another church wedding ever again, I'll be so happy. It was it there was so much of it was that was boring, and then there was like afterwards, people were like, "Oh, you like adjusted her, you know, the train of her dress. That was so cute." And I'm like, ah, I think it was probably anything to just like not look fidgety in front of everybody because I was like, I'm like kneeling here on the altar with, with the three of them. Cause it was, uh, I'm trying to figure, I can't remember who Matt's best man was, but it was me and the two of them and whoever the best man was. And I was just like, this is in some ways literal torture to me. The idea of, <laughs> of being in front of everybody in a church. I don't know. My dad used to, yeah. when I because my, my dad used to when I was a kid, he wouldn't go to church because he doesn't believe, and he would always tell us that um, God would strike him down with lightning if he ever went into one. That's why he wouldn't go. And in those moments when you're in like kneeling in front of a bunch of people and you don't want to be there, I and it wasn't that I didn't, I wanted to be there for my sister. I wanted to be at the wedding. I did not want to sit there for like an hour or whatever it was. Yeah, and, and and with those types of weddings and those in church weddings, and traditionally like that, you never know really what the the priest is going to say during the homily. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, you have your own officiant, you can pretty much be like, okay, we can vet it out. But uh, what it brings me back to is uh, tradition versus non-tradition wedding uh, that I went to. to one of each in the same span of a weekend. Uh, so I went to my cousin's church wedding where her priest went through this homily about pretty much now all she's good for is popping out babies and being a mom. Like that was it. And just sitting there, like sitting there going, I'm so uncomfortable. This man has got to stop talking. Like this is, this is awful. And on also taking the traditional reading of uh, love is patient, love is kind, love is whatever. I can't remember the rest of it. I just dislike that reading very great, greatly because everybody uses it and then they use it to spin marriage into some sort of tool, which is the traditional piece. Well, so we went to her wedding 
And then it was either the same weekend or the next weekend, we went to one of Neil's good friend's wedding, which was not in a church. It was out in um, like a park and everybody brought coolers of beer and things like that. And they had this untraditional ceremony. And the interesting part was they picked somebody to read that love is patient, love is kind reading. But the, when he was speaking about it, he spoke about it in such a way that I've never heard anybody like spin that reading where I was like, wow, I don't mind that reading too much. Usually I hear that me- reading in my skin crawls because that's just what everybody reads at a wedding. Yeah. Um, and then so it was just the exact opposite experiences of this church traditional wedding where I was crawling out of my skin because of being told that her only purpose in life is to have babies and to be a mother and going to this other wedding where they use the exact same reading, but it wasn't used in that traditional sense. It was used in a non-traditional sense about just love and caring for everybody where I was like, wow, this is, is a new light. This is something where I'm like not crawling out of my skin. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. As, as far as picking, you know, you said you don't know what the priest is going to say, but you can vet the, um, the officiant, uh, did you have that thought before you picked me? Because when you said that, I thought, well, I literally couldn't think of a person worse to go with that than myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as like, I mean, I did, I think I did pretty well, but like, given my track record, you took a real big gamble, I think. Well, I, th- I think one of the reasons why I, I picked you was not necessarily for like the vetting of what you would say. It's more so because I know you know me. Yeah. Uh, we've known each other since 1999. Uh, yeah. <laughs> whether we were good friends back in 1999 or not, not necessarily. Uh, we grew into better friends throughout high school. Uh, but I knew you knew me and you've seen me in really – up situations really down situations so i knew that even if you said something that would be mildly inappropriate that i wouldn't care about everybody knows that you at least you know me and you're saying something because it's out of a place of goodness versus somebody else just saying something because this is like their belief system (laughs) true yeah i wasn't it would have been jokes at the worst Worst case scenario wouldn't have been like I wouldn't have been like okay you are now Neil's property but it you you made it difficult for me just based on the date that you picked for your for your wedding and Sarah and I had Sarah was when first of all we got the save the date for your wedding before before I knew that I was going to be the officiant and when I got the save the date I was like Sarah. Kim's getting married on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And Sarah was like, whatever you're thinking, don't say it. Don't say it to me. <laughs> don't say it to anybody. Because if you say it, you're going to want to repeat it. And I was like, I was like, I can't not say it. I can't. Not, I'm going to get it out of my system. And so I had, you know, a ton of jokes about it. And then you asked me to be the officiant. And, and Sarah was like, okay, here's the deal. You are not allowed to make eye contact with Pat the entire wedding because <laughs> because you're going to lose it. Sarah like basically reined me in about 95% of the way and I was never I was never going to do anything but I was a little nervous that like something would pop into my head and I would just like smirk or like laugh 
because of just the 9-11-ness of it. And then the thing that got me the last 5% was at your rehearsal dinner, your mom said, I know you like to joke, but this is a serious thing. So please take it seriously. <laughs> and your mom scared the shit out of me. And I was like, I was like, she does perfect. That. <laughs> per- no, she's never scared me before that. She's, I've always, I've always thought of her as like really sweet and nice. And then in that moment, though, I was like, I do not want to mess up because I could see her being very mad and I do not want that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she got me the last 5% of the way there. And that's the way weddings should be, where yeah. one person is going to be a train wreck and then his wife and the bride's mother go, pull it together, dumbass. <laughs> that should be a tradition. Yes. <laughs> But I I can I I can say that I, at the re, at the reception I w- went up to your mother or I was talking to your mother and Pat at one point and your mom said you did a really good job and for the, it was at that point it was at least two hours after the wedding was done and I was like oh, okay because <laughs> I didn't like at that point I didn't care what anybody I mean obviously I knew you and Neil were happy with the job that I had done but I was nervous about your mom. And I don't think I had made any jokes, any inappropriate jokes at the rehearsal. I just think she knows that I'm like, I am trying always to trying to be funny. So I don't think she knew that I was like, it's nine 11. Like why, <laughs> why is it nine 11 today? But Yeah. I did make one joke though. That was not a nine 11 joke, but do you remember what Pat was wearing at your wedding? Yes. When we were, when everybody was coming in and getting seated, Neil was already out, and I, I looked at Neil and his brother, and I looked over at Pat, who was sitting next to Sarah, halfway, you know, they were like dead center. That was the other thing. Sarah tells me not to look at at Pat, and then her and Pat sit in the dead center of the auditorium. Um, and I looked at Neil and I said, I didn't realize Pat was a uh, drug dealer's uh, accountant. Because he was wearing like what you would picture Scarface's accountant to wear. Yeah. Like it was, it was so funny to me. Don't worry, Pat has not listened to a single episode of the podcast, even though he was on one. He he told me that when I saw him two weeks ago. So we won't have to worry about him hearing that, even though I'm sure he knows that I thought he looked like a drug dealer, drug uh, drug dealer's accountant. He didn't look cool enough to be a drug dealer. But I guess I think that's all the points i wanted to make about tradition unless you've got anything else you want to talk about no i i really i don't it's tradition is just it's interesting to me because like when you said let's talk about tradition the first the one thing that popped into my head was that song from fiddler on the roof i don't tradition I don't know the song. I know if I were a rich man, that's the only song I know. Yeah, well, there's a whole song about tradition, and it's literally they just go tradition throughout it, and that's like the first thing that popped in my head, and I'm almost like that's a weird thing to pop in your head when you're thinking about tradition. That is that is weird. <laughs> but it's funny because that's the first thing that popped into Neil's head, so I guess we're made for each other. <laughs> yeah, nice. So, have you listened to any episodes of the podcast yet? I have not. No, I was going to, and then pregnancy brain hit, and that's nothing ever gets done. That's okay. <laughs> but I there's been a question I've been asking every guest at the end of the episode, and 
I was, uh, I would have prepped you if I had known that you hadn't listened. So, but I'm just going to spring it on you. And that is for me. what joke or impression or thing making fun of you in your life have you found the most amusing? Something making fun of me personally that yes. I find most amusing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to take myself probably too seriously. Uh, and so it's hard for me to, like, fully laugh at myself but usually i laugh mostly at any like i'll just say ridiculous things uh especially with neil um and then he just mocks me for it uh so that's usually what i i find the most amusing yeah. is when he he like mocks me or he just makes faces at me and i'm like what he just looks at me and goes you're ridiculous and yeah. then we move on. <laughs> but it's usually just me just saying something or or dancing around or doing something like that. That's usually where I laugh at myself self the most. Um, I would say probably like lately, like the one big thing was we went to a friend's wedding and it was in July. So I'm nine months pregnant now. So it's like seven months pregnant, seven and a half months pregnant at the time. Yep. And one of the things I do at weddings is I twerk. And I just, it's, it's just the way I dance, but I was twerking and everybody was laughing at me because I have this belly and that's just like bouncing up and down while I'm dancing ridiculously on the dance floor with not a drop of alcohol in sight. And so, uh, my brother-in-law took a video and that's just a hilarious video as well. So I also don't laugh at myself for that where it's like, well, I'm just having fun. I'm enjoying myself. I don't care what I look like. Yeah. No, that's Love awesome. All you want. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a good one. I happen to twerk quite a bit too, but I don't do it. I do it with like around my family. I'll do it, but I won't. I that's not something I do a ton. Um, if I'm a little, so I was a little drunk at a work function like a year ago, and I dropped it low and picked it up slow. And to this day, anytime at work, we're going to like go to a you know go to something with drinks afterwards it's like okay michael you ready to drop it low and pick it up slow <laughs> and they all you know everybody thinks that i did that i was able to do that because i was drunk and i'm like no i just have to squat a lot when you have a little kid you're tying shoes and stuff you're in that position all right so i guess if you know if you've got nothing else to add about tradition i don't really um we've got the question answered um I, I know that you're not doing a podcast or anything, so you probably don't have anything to promote, but if there's there anything else that you'd want to say to the audience, now's your chance. No, I don't have anything else to say. I don't do podcasts. I'm uh, just waiting on, waiting on baby to come. So <laughs> that's my life right now. Great. Well, thank you for coming on. And... Yeah. And to uh, my listeners, please uh, subscribe if you're not already subscribed and uh, give us a good review on iTunes or wherever you're getting this podcast. Um, And we will talk to you next week.